My name is Isabel Clausen, the host of the Girl God's Got You podcast. This podcast was created to remind women that girl, God's got you, and he wants to help you live the life you were created to live. Have you ever struggled with believing in yourself, having fear about navigating your future, understanding your life purpose, or managing overwhelming stress? Well, if you've gone through any of these experiences, then this podcast is for you. And I want to encourage you that no matter what you go through, no matter what you think of yourself, no matter how much someone hurts you, no matter what level of self-confidence you have, no matter how much fear you have about the future, God is here for you no matter what. Girl, God's got you, and He always will. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, hello, friends. Thank you so much for coming back to listen to this episode. I know it's been quite a long time since I posted any episodes, and I want to apologize for that, but I have been really busy starting up my job, starting to figure out a new routine, and so I'm not saying that's an excuse, but I've had a lot going on. However, now that I've kind of figured out my routine and what my workload is going to look like, I want to resume weekly episodes, so please get ready for that. I'm going to be posting on uh, my Instagram stories, asking questions for different topics you want, so please don't hesitate to submit any episode ideas you want to listen to, or you could just DM me at my podcast Instagram, which is girl.godsgotyou, and I would love to hear more about what episodes you're looking for. And the episode today that we're going to be listening to, or that you'll be listening to, is with one of my family friends. Her name is Eileen Danko, and she's actually also one of my Christian mentors. I love Miss Eileen so much. She's actually the mother of my best friend, Catherine, so that's really special. And the topic we're going to be discussing today is keeping God as your number one priority in life. And we talk about keeping God as the number one priority when we're young women in school and in work, and then how to keep God as a priority in dating and marriage, and then finally how to keep God as, a, as the priority in just the busyness of everyday life. Miss Eileen has so many good life lessons to share. She has a lot of wonderful stories, and her life and the choices she's made uh, has shown to me that she's such a big role model, and she's always been one of my biggest role models in life, and so I think she has a lot of good information and advice to share, and I wanted her to share her advice with all of you out there as well. And I am very excited for this episode. We talk specifically about self-confidence, finding your purpose, learning the basics of, of dating and, and Christian dating. It's, it's all very exciting, and I really hope that you guys enjoy today's episode. So thank you so much for listening, and let's get started with the interview. Hi, Miss Eileen. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast episode today. Hi, Isabel. I'm honored to be on here with you. I'm so excited today. For those of you listening, we're going to be talking about keeping God as your number one priority in life. And I thought, who better else to ask questions to? Miss Eileen. She's taught me my whole life about how to keep God as your number one priority. And I really wanted her to share some of her wisdom to all of you listening today. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your time and wisdom with us. I'm super excited. Thank you, Isabel. 
you've you've taught me so much oh, too. Well, yeah, well, I'm glad we're both teaching each other. Uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about yourself, and also a little bit about how our families met many years ago. Oh well, that's the fun one. How <laughs> we met. So I'll say that first. Then, um, your real estate, your parents' real estate agent, Joan Pitzenbarger, who it, who knew us from church. She met your parents and said. I think I have a family that you guys would like. And she had us all over for lunch and the rest is history, shall we say. (laughs) And who would have ever thought that, you know, our daughter would be best friends with you and me best friends with your mom. So it's a total blessing. blessing. Oh, I loved it. I remember meeting Catherine and I was seven years old and we just clicked immediately. And here we are 20, 21 years old, still super close and I love that our, our families are still so close to this day. Please tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and okay. you know different jobs throughout your life. Okay, well, I'll try to make that quick. <laughs> um, I'm 51 years old. I've been married to my wonderful husband for 21 years, and I got two kids. As one's your best friend, and my son is a senior in high school. Um, a little bit more about myself. I grew up all but two years of my life out here in Arizona. I also grew up Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I um, never missed church. Our families always went. Um, But interesting, we were not taught to talk about our faith. You know, faith and religion, those were off topic. And um, I actually never, I didn't grow up, you know, reading the Bible. But I got my deep faith from my mom when um, she taught me how to pray when I was as young as I can remember. And that started my deep lifetime, you know, relationship with God. And of course, you know, seeing both my parents go to church all the time and, you know, being committed. But like I said, I didn't grow up reading the Bible, but I longed to. So I'll get more to that later. And then my jobs, um, right out of college, right out of college, I went and worked for a big six accounting firm as a CPA auditing. Then I went to work for one of my clients that I audited in the treasury department. And then I went to work in the real estate department. And then finally, I got to be a stay-at-home mom in homeschool. But the funny thing is, I never planned to go to college or have a career or be a homeschool mom. So it is crazy the journey God will take us on when we try to always be listening to him. And so, yeah, I, hopefully that answered everything. Yes. No, thank you for sharing. And I actually didn't know that those are all the different jobs you had. I know you were heavily involved in accounting, but I didn't know that those are all the different departments you worked in. So I guess we're learning a little something new. Um, And yes, I also want to know a little bit about your future goals. So when Ben graduates from high school, moves on to college, what is your repurposement, as my mom likes to call it? Yeah, I love your mom's term Mm -hmm. for it. Um, You know, I, a lot of things that I'm currently doing, I want to still continue to do. (laughs) But one thing that I really want to make sure is that it I get my life where it is never too busy um, to have time to listen, to pray, and help those in need, whether it's a friend, a neighbor, a widow, a teen, a couple, you know, whoever God puts in my path. I just want to be really purposeful that I don't allow my life to be um, too busy, which is something you, your mom and I are really good at. Yes. <laughs> and then um, I have a ministry with a bunch of ladies that um, I would love to continue to do. Um, But one big thing I've been praying about for several years now is that God would put something, um, a way that my husband and I can serve together. 
and ideally serve while RVing because that's my next dream is to be able to RV again with my husband. But I'd love to be able to serve while we do it, doing something that we're both passionate about. So that's a prayer. And I'm still waiting for that answer. Mm, yeah. Well, I, I'm very excited for you. I think, uh, yes, you definitely are super busy and have a packed schedule, but I love that you want to continue to serve and keep God at the center. I think that's so important and such a great example to share with all the young females listening to this, that in any stage of life, you could still serve and help others no matter what. And I love um, the fact that you and your husband, Mr. Howard, want to serve together in some way. I think that's so special and so important for couples to be together. I don't know that he knows oh, that yet. Well, <laughs> this is my prayer. Well, <laughs> I'm just praying that when it just happens, that I don't have to talk yes, about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. We're doing this. Okay. <laughs> well, I love that so much. And I think those are really good goals. And thank you for sharing. Um, so now that we've talked a little bit about yourself and your background, I like to ask all the podcast guests, their favorite worship song at the moment and their favorite quote, if they have one. Okay. Well, you know, I was thinking about my favorite song because I listen to worship music all the time and I picked two songs and, and funny that I didn't even know the artist of both of them because I just hearing them at church and not really paying attention. And they're both the same artist. What? <laughs> and I know. And, and the reason I picked these two songs is because they just move me every time. And not only are the lyrics amazing, so they're by both by Hillsong Worship. And one is Breathe and the other is Cornerstone. I'll just tell you a couple of the lyrics. But, you know, I don't do it any justice because I'm not saying it. <laughs> uh, it. It says, this is the air I breathe, your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread, your very words spoken to me. And I'm desperate for you and I'm lost without you. And I just... And boy, when you hear it sung, you just can't believe it just stays with you. And I feel the same about Cornerstone, but I won't go into that one. <laughs> but yeah, Hillsong Worship, we used to have a guy that went to college on there. He used to be our worship uh, leader and he could sing these songs and it would blow you away. And I guess that's why they're two of my favorite. And I love their message, of mm -hmm. course. Oh, and my yes. quotes. Okay, so I love Billy Graham. So for any of the listeners who don't know Billy Graham, he is... If not the best, one of the best um, evangelists of all times. Mm -hmm. And he says, the mountaintops are nice to look out from, but it's down in the valley where all the fruit is grown. So kind of like um, Samuel Smile, I think, said, um, we learn more in failure than success. Well, I love the way Billy Graham says it because, you know, it's nice to be on top. It's nice. You know, we've got to be up there, like he says, for views and inspiration, but um, you know, when we're down and we're having a hard time or going through a challenging day, he says just for you to keep going. And God is, that's where God's growing you is down there. He's not growing you when you're way up top, but he's growing you when you're down there in the valley. So I just love that quote. Oh, I have not heard that quote from him. I love it too. I just wrote it down so I could keep that for, for my personal notes. But yes, I think yeah. it's so good to know that even when we are you know, in the low parts of life, that God is still working in our life and he hasn't forgotten us. He's actually doing something beautiful. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, we are going to break up this episode into three different categories. Uh, one is keeping God as the main priority in school and work. The second category is keeping God as the main priority in dating. And for those of you that don't know, Miss Eileen has wonderful advice about dating. She has helped me so much. So 
I know that's the topic uh, everyone wants to hear, uh, especially as young females. Um, and then the third category is keeping God as the main priority in the busyness of everyday life. So it's, you know, on the big pillars of life, I think it's easy to figure out where you want God to guide you. But then in the everyday tasks, I think it's sometimes it's difficult to know. So those are the three categories. And I'm really excited to dive in. Okay, yes. I'm ready, so our, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so our first question um, is, what was your experience growing up as a young woman, but when you're also a Christian at the same time? Well, um, you know, I was so, so thankful to know God and have such a deep relationship with him at such a young age. Actually, I, as I was saying in the beginning, since as young as I can remember. Um, and that was because of my mom, of course, teaching me to pray. Um, you know, I didn't worry when I was young what other people did, and I really tried not to make anybody feel bad for the way I was or really even say anything. Um, I would just pray to God and always ask him uh, for wisdom on things and, and why he made the rules he did, and then just let him show me why. And I, I just found God never, he never failed me. He actually, he just humbled me so much. Um by showing me how much he, his love, his care, his mercy, he, his guidance. I mean, I was just convicted over and over when I was young, um, just about how real he was. I mean, like to give you an example, I'd have a bad day at school and I'd come home and I'd pray about it and God would just floor me the next day. And my day would just be so amazing. Um, and obviously that didn't always happen mm -hmm. as I got older, but I always trusted God. And as, as you always say, Isabel, God's got mm -hmm. you. And he really, do, and he, and he really does. <laughs> and that just, you know, that when you ask, that's what came to me. Your podcast is right. God does have us. Yes. And if we just stay focused and we take it to him. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. And I think, too, um, it's, I think it's easy, you know, like you said, one day you have a, a bad day and the next day God just blesses your life. Uh, I think it's easy to forget, you know, when we're having a bad day that there is a lot of blessings. So I love that advice, just knowing that he will bless you and he will give you a good day tomorrow. I think that's a really good outlook. Uh, and yes, he does yeah. got us. God's always got us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I know as you get older, it's harder. Yeah. You know, when I was young, you didn't have as many really big, you know, issues. Mm -hmm. But just your podcast is so true. Oh. God's got yes, you. Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So when you were in high school and college and early in career, how did you stay close to God even as life got harder? You had more responsibilities. You were adulting now. You know, um, so it's interesting, Isabel, because as I mentioned before, I was not raised reading God's word. Mm -hmm. um, but thankfully, God does put it on our hearts. And I knew that. I knew he did. But I still longed to know his word. And how best to read the Bible. That was always a longing that I had. But how I stayed close um, in high school and college was praying every night mm -hmm. and throughout the day. And, you know, my, my relationship, as I said, it was real. It was deep. Um, I'd look at my, you know, my dad and God the same. I would seek my dad's wisdom and his advice and others. Um, you know, when I would pray as a child or even in college and early career, you know, because I'm focusing on prayer because that was my main way mm -hmm. then. Um, I would just start out by thanking God and, you know, just being so humbled and asking him why he cared so much. And I remember thinking, how could he possibly care this much? Mm -hmm. um, and I never wanted to do anything to change that. And that was the same way I felt about my father. And as I got older, like I said, that became harder with life's distractions. 
but my prayer life and my relationship with God, um, thankfully, you know, that never changed. So, you know, after, you know, the second phase of my life, then, but you know, you said early career in high school and college. So that's how I stayed connected then. Mm. I got more advice when I got married and learned how to read God's word and all that, but I just wanted to stay focused on that. I know you get to that later. So Yes. No, and I, I love the concept of, mm-hmm. of prayer as well, because even when we're not reading the word of God, having that conversation with him, it totally makes me feel mm-hmm. so much better if I'm stressed out or driving in the car. I think, oh, I should turn my music off and just talk to God. For people that maybe don't uh, really know how to pray throughout the day or maybe uh, just know prayer from, you know, an organized religion, uh, do you have any tips on how you just pray to God? You just talk to him like he's sitting right next to you? What, what, what would you say? Yeah, you know, I, I, like I've started, you know, touched on a little in this one is that I would just always start, start thanking God, you know, just praising him like, oh my gosh, God, how are you so faithful? You know, and just because that's how I felt. And then I would always ask him, would you show me what, you know, trying not to tell him. And of course, sometimes I would put in my wish really hard, (laughs) but a lot of times I would try to say, God, would you just show me? I'm open. Will you show me? And sometimes I would say, um, okay, God, I know you want me to do this. If this, this, or this happens, for example, uh, somebody I wanted to talk to, um, that I felt kind of like, oh, I should tell this person something really hard. And so I would say to God, okay, God, um, I'll know if you want me to tell this person X, if they are all of a sudden in my path and they're by themselves mm-hmm. and we have a window to talk. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but I have said that exact prayer and that exact thing. Is wow. Perfect. So, yeah. So I just like to, you know, I don't like to always tell God, I like to, you know, ask mm-hmm. him and just say, will you show me? And I always, and I look for the signs and then I'll also seek wise counsel too, but Yes, I try to talk to God just like a friend, you know, just like one I'm so thankful for and so grateful to. And never be afraid to pray for yourself. We, you know, we need the strength. And then, you know, of course, always, you know, I'll get to more later that I've kept a prayer journal later in my life. Yeah. I don't know. Did that answer yeah, it, no, it's perfect. I think that's great. Okay. Yes. And I love asking him because God knows exactly what he wants you to do in your day and who he wants you to help. So the fact that you're asking him, I was kind of humbling yourself uh, to open the door for him to work through you. And I, I love that advice. And I'm going to keep that advice in my head uh, to, to ask more for him to, to put things in my life. But thank you so much. I love that tip. Um, and so our second question is, if there is one thing you could tell yourself when you were a young girl, young woman, what would that be? I know that's kind of a loaded question, but I'd love to hear. Okay, well, this one is you know, not really Mm faith-based at all. This one is just, you know, I wish um, in high school that somebody would tell young kids, and I wish somebody told me that these are four years you're never going to experience again, meaning you'll never be judged by who you hang out with or the people you know. Um, For So, for example, after high school, you go to college. Nobody has any idea who you Mm -hmm. are. The only way they know you is by actually talking to you and finding out who you really are. And why do I say all that? Just so that any young listeners or anybody in high school, they don't do things just to fit in that ruin their life or let things people say and think about you affect you and your happiness. And if they could just focus on God and what he wants for your life and just realize, okay, high school's a time where 
there's just a lot of immaturity and judging and hurtful things. And you're never going to, you know, you're never going to experience that again. You're going to stand on your own. Mm -hmm. And that's what I just loved about college. Mm -hmm. Everybody had to get to know me for who I was. Love all of those tips you have about keeping him as a priority in school and work. And I'd love to transition now onto boys and dating. Uh, I would love to hear kind of your, any funny dating stories, any different life lessons (laughs) you've learned um, because you found a wonderful man of God 21 years ago. And I think every young female would love to know how to do that as well. You are hitting on one of my favorite topics. So (laughs) yeah. So, um, so how was dating intentionally when you were young Uh, and what are some things you kind of wish you knew sooner with that? So, uh, well, I think I'll start with uh, what are some things I wish I yeah. knew sooner. Well, my dad always told me, he always said, only date someone you think mm-hmm. you could marry. And I wished he had said, added to that and said, only date when you think you're ready to be married and you're sure you're equally mm-hmm. yoked. Um, but I don't, you know, I love the journey I went on, but I look back and that is something that I wish he had added to that because I feel like... Um, you know, maybe some of my dating was a little selfish. You know, I hurt some men that I wished I had not. And it turns out I really wasn't ready to be married. And also, um, they weren't Christians. Yeah, I didn't put that first. I thought people, I could change people. Yeah, that that would be my my main thing is I wish that I, you know, really was more intentional. I definitely agree. And I love the point of if you don't think you're ready to marry, don't date. Uh, I think that is uh, – yeah, because it is, I, I think, in, in a way – uh, you do sometimes want to date for fun because you want um, your, you know, your companion, kind of a best friend you're dating, but at the same time understanding, am I financially ready? Am I spiritually ready? Am I, you know, emotionally mature enough? So I do think that that is a very selfless thing to do. And I, I love that advice. And that's something that I yeah. always am asking myself too, because it's important <laughs> to not get blindsided or yeah, you don't want to rush infatuated and you have to sit back and think, okay, am I really ready for this? So I, I definitely love that. And to follow up along with that, um, so when you were trying to find a man who also wants to keep God as a number one priority, uh, what characteristics or traits did you look for and which ones do you think some young women should look for once they realize they are ready and they want to start looking? Well, um, you know, first I made the mistake of thinking if someone loved me enough, they would see my faith and believe it and understand it like I did. (laughs) That was a really big mistake. Um, so um, first, you can't change people. And I can't say that enough. Only Christ can change people. So you never, and especially in that area, which leads to my second point, which is um, who you marry is the second most important decision you make in your life. Second only to accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. So you don't want especially when it comes to their faith, to ever think you can change somebody. So I'll keep yeah. going on that yeah. thought process. Oh, I'm oh sorry. I just agreed and well? said, yes, keep going. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, you just can't take a chance that someone will become a Christian once you're married. Um, God even says it in scripture to be equally yoked. So how do you know if someone is really a Christian? So what I look for is, of course, they, you know, profess a faith in Christ, of course, Um, But that does not mean they're truly Christian, as I know many of you know. Their walk must also line up. So what I mean by that is, so here's a simple example, you know, if they're trying to sleep with you. Well, that's a pretty clear sign that at least right now in their life, they're not, their faith is not convicted. 
Um, do they treat people right? Uh, another really huge one is, and I want to say this one twice to make sure everybody hears this. Do you see clear thinking in them? And I just want to say that again. Do you see that their thinking is clear? And I'm going to try to give you a couple examples about that if I can. Um, God gives us eyes that can see. And if things your boyfriend says or does don't make sense, then it's good chance it's, well, it's not from God. And there's a good chance his faith is not grounded in Christ and or real and not mature. And you don't, I can't say this enough, you don't want to overlook these things. And you don't want to say, oh, it's a one-time thing. I just can't, you know, I'll just keep saying it over and over. It's the second most important decision you make in your life. So you just don't, um, you just don't want to ever overlook it. And that leads to my really big point about this. And that is always seek wise counsel. So, um, and what wise counsel looks like is an adult or a peer, but a solid Christian, somebody that you know is going to speak truth into you. They're not going to tell you what you want to hear. And a lot of times the Bible always says seek wise counsel. And I would always recommend it be, you know, one to three people. Um, Sometimes, you know, one person can give you the answer, but it's nice having an older adult or a parent and also, you know, a peer. Um, But yeah, I never wanted to overlook anything when it came to somebody I was going to marry. And it doesn't mean that I don't have forgiveness. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that I wanted to know that they were truly a Christian. And I know how God, you know, um, gives us eyes that can see. And I'm just so thankful that, you know, and you always hope that one of your wise counsel is going to be your future spouse. And, you know, I never imagined I'd find somebody that was wiser than my dad. Um, but my husband has the most godly wisdom. And that is your ultimate goal, that your spouse is not only your best friend, but they speak godly wisdom into you all the time when you have an issue or whatever. Yes, I think that is so important to know that God will give um, us eyes to see and that logical advice does come from God and logical wisdom. So I, I definitely agree with, with all of that that you said. And you really want your spouse to, to lift you up and to speak counsel into you. I think that's so important. And you can't have that with someone unless you both have equally strong faith. And so thank you so much for sharing that. I I think that is, uh, those are really good character traits and ones that I'm also looking for as well. One thing I forgot Mm -hmm. to add was just that, obviously, that's just the first stage. You know, once you've established that they are a strong Christian, then of course, you move on to, do you have a great time together? Are you natural with each other? All that. But I was more focusing on you know, the Christian stuff. Yes. No. And I, I love that. And I think too, what I found with, um, you know, my friends and in, in the past with myself, sometimes you get to know someone uh, and you get to know their faith and their Christianity and you think it really is solid. And then, uh, you know, different things come up and there's some red flags. And so I would love to ask you some questions on which red flags when they come up, which ones do you think are ones that are forgivable? Which ones are are ones that you think, you know, you should really assess this relationship? What are some signals that you found in your past with dating to, to end something or to try to move on? Well, the thing is, um, well, for example, if I dated a man and um, you know, he was pressuring me to sleep with him, I just knew right away he didn't see enough in me and I was done with him. So that was, you know, and of course, realizing he wasn't a Christian. But early on, I always thought I could, you know, make someone think the way that I did. And so that was a big one. 
So this guy that I was dating got an argument with me and I was never one to really argue, but it didn't make sense. What he said did not make sense. And I just, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, that's nothing. But it showed me his not clear thinking. And that is just such a clear sign to me of somebody that's not grounded in Christ. And so I, I just thought I was done. And um, like my dad said to me one time, really good advice about a guy I asked him about. I said, you know, I really like this guy, but we had not a lot of com- common. And he said no to me. Like I asked him to go to a wedding. He didn't want to go. And my dad said to me, you're... When you're dating, men should be on their very best behavior. So if they say no to you now, they're going to say no to you. Think how much they're going to say no to you when you're married. If you've got differences now, think how many time, think how many differences you're going to have when you're married. And I would say the same thing about if you have arguments now and it's not clear thinking, think how many times you're going to have those arguments when you're married. Don't overlook yep. it. I, I definitely think that is really wise advice, especially from your dad too, because yes, all of, as my mom and dad also say, any different type of discrepancies you have with each other, any things you argue about, it'll definitely come out more when you're married because there's more stresses and you add children to the mix and you add both people working. And I, I definitely agree um, to, to understand that any uh, types of arguments, they will come out a little stronger in marriage. But but yeah, thank you. I think those are really good red flags to kind of think about and look out for. And once again, going back to the point that marriage is the second most important decision you'll ever make. So understanding if you could really live with those little things forever and if the pros outweigh the cons or vice versa. Uh, but thank you for sharing that and for also sharing the whole idea of clear thinking and arguing. I think that is so important to for, for both people, whether it's the female or the male, just to really understand, is the person I'm dating, do they have clear thinking? And if not, uh, do I really want to be with this the rest of my life? Yeah, another question I have is uh, when young men and women are dating and they, they think they go well together, they both realize they have a strong faith, as they date and kind of get prepared um, if they want to get married and they're kind of figuring all that out, what advice do you have for them if they want to keep continuing to put God at the center? Okay, well, for that, um, I would say, you know, faithfully going to church each Sunday and, you know, praying together, serving together, um, you know, if you have time to do a Bible study, and then asking yourself, um, you know, three months, six months, 12 months, continue to ask yourself, are you growing closer to God? And if you are, then you know that that relationship is on a good trajectory. But if you come to a six-month or year mark and you kind of feel like you're growing stagnant and it's not, you know, then you have to self-evaluate. But you should love going to church together. You should love, you know what I mean, to pray together. And what I didn't get to say in my last part that came to me after is, you know, dating is supposed to be so mm-hmm. fun and it is not supposed to be hard. I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, marriage is hard. This is hard. Okay. I don't believe that it really is supposed to be hard. You know, I don't think God designed, it doesn't mean we're all, God made us all imperfect. So, you know what I mean? We're all going to have struggles, mm-hmm. but of course, but I'm saying dating especially should be super fun. And so if it's a lot of work, you really got to self-evaluate. And again, if, if God isn't naturally drawn and you guys aren't growing closer and you're just then that, you know, so, but those are the things that I would say, you know, my husband and I always went to church together when we were dating and, you know, we prayed together and um, we did look for opportunities to serve 
And we didn't start doing Bible studies till a little later, until marriage. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, well, on that note about Mr. Howard, I would love to hear the whole story about how you met Mr. Howard. Uh, just maybe a, a funny story from dating um, and just knowing how, when you met him, how you knew that he was uh, the one God wanted you to be with. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Well, it's fun. Well, I love telling you because it's really fun because God just truly had a hand in it. So, well, we met on the driving range, which is really funny um, because I just started golfing, but we knew of each other from work. Um, I didn't actually know what he looked like, but I knew of him and he had known what I looked like because I was always racing around auditing the company. Um, and so every time I went to that darn driving range, he was there. So he had actually asked me out nine months prior to when we started dating, but I was dating, you know, somebody else. Um, then three days before Howard and I were both going to go on this company chairman club trip. And this trip was, you know, one that you got, you either got elected to go on or you made your sales quota. And it just happened to be that three days before, um, I'd broken up with the boy I was dating and I said this prayer to God. I said, um, you know, I didn't want to hurt anybody. Um, again, I wanted to wait until I was 99.9% sure before I dated anyone again. And I said to God, I said, God, please bring me a godly man. <laughs> one who knows the Bible inside and out. One whose faith is real and can teach me all that I long to know. And I did add in one that I like to kiss. <laughs> I did have to add that in because I really wanted to yes. <laughs> enjoy kissing this That's man. That's important. Because, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, very important. And I like, you know, some of the other men I lost interest in that, but you know, that was clearly God shutting my heart. So, um, yeah. So, and I realized God was just waiting for me to say that prayer. You know, he was waiting. It's amazing how God is just, God wants us to ask for good things from him because three days later there was Howard again on this company trip. And this time we really got to know each other. So we were talking, you know, every night there was events and we'd end up talking and all that. And, um, you know, there was all these jokes going around and I was oblivious oh to my. them all. But, um, you know, everybody knew Howard, you know, never stayed out late, drank milk, <laughs> all this stuff, all the things I never knew about him. Um, so, yeah, it was I had no idea everybody was laughing behind our backs. Right. And watching him. Um, he'd been with the company for years. So that was why. So once Howard realized that um, we were getting serious and that we were both liking each other, he didn't want to ask me out again until he learned, told me about himself and found out more about him. And so he's asked me if I'd go to the, um, by the beach, by the water alone. And I, of course, didn't want anyone to see us alone. So I was kind of petrified by that, but I agreed to it. And this is when I knew, well, I'll say, I'll tell you what he told me, which blew me away. He said, I need to tell you a little bit about myself. He said, I'm a Christian and I don't believe in sleeping with women until I'm married. And I just was speechless Mm -hmm. because that had been my line. You know, that had always been Mm -hmm. what I said. No guy had ever said that to me. And it was just right then and there that I realized, Isabel, that I had not put my faith first when I was dating. And I realized right then and there that um, I didn't know that I was going to marry him. No way. I just knew what I had been missing in my Mm -hmm. dating life. And it was... I had been missing putting my faith first and making sure their faith was real. And of course, you know, that what my husband, what my future husband, what Howard said, that's one of the hardest things for men Mm -hmm. and to not, you know, to hold that standard. And I had never expected that of a man because, you know, I figured 
you know, the man, I, I just wanted somebody that had, you know, if they made mistakes, okay, but um, that they had gotten to that mm-hmm. place, you know. And um, so I knew his faith was real. And, you know, he saw my reaction and, you know, he was, he was floored mm-hmm. as well. And so, you know, kind of the rest is history. Um, we started hanging out and just had the best time together. And we had always, every time we saw each other, we'd always talk for an hour, at least minimum, mm-hmm. even before we dated. Um, so we, we had that. And, you know, we just, like I said, we just kept growing closer and closer and closer. And God made our bond just so deep. Um, and my, I love my husband's wedding song. I got to tell Aww. you what that is, because I just think that kind of summarizes how I feel. Uh, it was by Tracy Bird. It's called Keeper of the Stars. And the first line says, it was no accident me finding you. Someone had a hand in it long before we ever knew. Um, I tip my hat or to the keeper of the stars, which, of course, is God. Um, and I kind of felt like it was kind of like when Solomon prayed, you know, he he prayed for wisdom. And I just feel like God likes us to pray for godly things. And then he can't wait to answer them. And it took me a lot of years. I had dated till I was, let's see, I was 27, almost 28 when I met Howard. So it took me a lot of years to realize that I had to put my faith first. I could not change someone and hope their faith became mine. Mm. And I don't regret the waiting, but that's how long I had to wait. And many of my friends, um, parents, even one of them cut out a little cartoon for me. It was somebody sitting on a, it was a skeleton sitting on a park oh. bench. And, that's, and, and the skeleton said, waiting for the perfect oh. man. So even my friend's parents were like, is that Eileen ever going to settle for somebody? Yeah. So it was just that I just wanted it to be from God. So as you got to know more about Mr. Howard, uh, what was the point you knew you wanted to marry him or was there a defining moment? Well, that's a great question, Isabel. Um, There actually was not a defining moment, but there were many things that were so important to me and he, and he had all those qualities and I know I've mentioned some of them, but I think now that I'm processing it, I really should mention like my top four or five real quick, um, that he, that he had that were so important to me. First, of course, I already mentioned his faith. Um, and it's throughout our whole time dating, uh, his faith was real. It was solid. His walk reflected it. Never once did I see not clear thinking in him. So we already covered that base. The second, um, was we just got along so good. We were 100% ourselves with each other. And I always think that's such a big, important thing that to ask yourself all the time, are you 100% you know, around this person that you're dating? Are you always feel like you can be completely transparent? And then another really big thing, and I know it's going to sound funny in this generation, but we could talk on the phone great. And why do I bring up the phone being so important? Because especially in this generation, it is so easy to text and um, to think you have great communication when you're in person because you don't notice. You can sit on the couch and be holding hands and it's all great, even if you're not talking and silent. But when you're on the phone, it really exposes if um, you don't have a lot to talk about. You can have dead time. And then that dead time really jumps out and you're like, uh, okay, this is awkward. And I made the mistake of dating a guy and our phone time really wasn't that good. And then after a little while, I realized when we dated, we really didn't have a ton to say either. So it really is an important red flag if you try talking to them on the phone and you just realize you just start not having a lot. And with Howard, it was totally the opposite. We had to make ourselves get off the phone and like set a boundary of when we should get off the phone. So that was a big thing. And then um, third, 
and I think this is so important too. I think they're all so important, but we had common interests. Mm -hmm. We had so many things we love to do together. And, you know, one thing my dad always told me is don't get married young. Uh, wait till you're establishing a career. You know, 24 is a good age. And I know his advice was really good. I mean, but I don't completely 100% agree with that because I think if two people are mature Christians, they can get married younger. Um, but as a general rule, a lot of people aren't mature Christians before they're 24. So, or they don't really know themselves that well. And I really understood my dad's point. And this is something that I love young girls and um, college to realize is when you're in college, you are so busy. You're working, you're studying, your time is so full. You don't really have time to realize, do I have, uh, what interests, what do I like to do until you get a career? And all of a sudden you have weekends where you don't have to study, where you have downtime. And I really noticed this with a guy I dated my senior year of college. And then I dated him into my career. And it was so clear that even though we got along great, even though we had so much fun together, he didn't like to do any outdoor things like I like to do. Now, when I met Howard, he didn't do any outdoor things either besides play sand volleyball with his friends. But when I introduced him to mountain biking and hiking and camping and all that, he loved it. So don't think that if you meet a guy and they haven't done that, but just make sure the things that really matter to you, that you know them, you understand them. And then also to my dad's point, um, you want to make sure a guy you marry um, isn't in love with money, isn't a workaholic. Um, so those are a lot of good things that I got to see when um, both of us being established in our career. I saw that, you know, money was not, you know, a big thing to Howard. He drove a nice car. I didn't like that. But once I realized, oh, it's just because he has it for work. It's not because he's showy or mm -hmm. anything like that. You know, then that did not matter at all. You want to make sure and and that there's no harbored bitterness in somebody. Mm -hmm. And you might ask, well, how do you know that? Or <clears throat> how do you figure that out? Or And it, it's actually something I used to do before I even went on a date with a lot of men. So like if you were going to do online dating, I just would highly recommend that something I'd love to do, which was ask them to go hike Camelback with me. And it was a defined amount of time that we saw each other up and down. And that way, if it didn't go good, we got in our cars. It was really natural to leave. But I would start asking them about their family. And I would just, they wouldn't even know it, but I'd just say, so where do your parents live? And then right away, they tell me if one lived here, one lived there, or they both lived together. And I didn't care if their parents were divorced. I didn't care that at all. Howard's parents were divorced. Um, all I cared about was how they processed mm -hmm. it. Did they have forgiveness? Did they see it through God's eyes? Did they have any bitterness, any things left open? And Rick Warren, one of my favorite pastors, he said, harbored bitterness, run from it. And I can't agree with that more. That can destroy a whole mm -hmm. marriage. But I do have a second question. Uh, was there ever a point that you weren't sure if Mr. Howard was the one for you? <clears throat> well, it's funny you would ask that. There was a time. And... Uh, it was because Howard was an introvert and he did not date much. And so his needs were not as great as mine. For example, he went on a business trip after about six months of dating and he was gone for three days and he didn't call me. And I thought, he better have a good reason. Well, he didn't have a good reason. He said he forgot. And I said, okay, maybe we should take a break. And he didn't like that. So he came over and he's like, well, I actually didn't forget. My cell phone died. And I thought it was just you know, such, I, I could have gone to a payphone, So I was embarrassed to tell you that. I thought it was a bad reason. I'm thinking, no, why didn't you tell me that? You know, and I learned since that when it's like a conflict, he doesn't think as quickly on his feet. So you have to have mercy and mm -hmm. grace, of course. Um, but it brought out such an important thing, um, which was 
I needed to tell him at that point the things that I needed. I realized I had much higher needs than he did. Like I said already, he was an introvert. And so I kind of listed out my needs. And in that case, I told him I really needed him to call me every day. And I needed him to call me every night. And I needed him to realize if he was going to enjoy that. And if that was going to be something he was going to be able to do and deal with if we were married. Because I didn't you know, want to surprise him and have these expectations and him not be able to fill them. So it was really, that was kind of a turning point, actually, in our relationship. And I think at that point, he realized he did want to marry me, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, of course, had to figure it out after I was like, okay, is, you know. Is he not going to care if he doesn't talk to me for a week? But, you know, it all was amazing after that. But thank you so much for yep. sharing. I love the whole dating section. It's wonderful. And I hope everyone enjoys hearing all of your wonderful tips and advice. Um, but, oh, yes, but I'd love to talk um, about the final category about keeping God as the main priority in the everyday life. And I'd love to hear some of your daily habits that you've implemented into your, your busy lifestyle throughout all these years that have helped you stay grounded in Christ. Well, um, you know, I have found as I've, you know, gotten older and had kids, you just really realize how much you need to depend on God's word daily. Um, your prayer life has to be so deep. And so um, right away when I had kids, I got in a mom's group, but realized that I really wasn't surrounded by a lot of Christians. Now, that doesn't matter because I love to be available for anybody. But I did realize that you need to have some really strong Christian people in your life. So I prayed to God after having kids because I moved to Fountain Hills, didn't really know anybody, joined that mom's club, loved it, have some lifetime friends and that do have, that do have a deep faith. God did bring those in through, you know, my home. But I said that prayer about wanting, you know, to be surrounded because I went through a period of like four friends going through divorce and that was so draining. Mm. And God answered that prayer. And your mom was one of those oh, friends. Yay. And um, you just realize how much you do need to have a core base of Christian friends around you, surrounding you. And then of course, then you're more available to everybody else and anybody who needs you. And then um, making the time to always pray. Like there's no reason you can't pray every day, whether it's driving, whether it's doing the dishes, whether it's nursing your baby, always praying. Mm. And um, as far as getting scripture and all of that in, I love doing a little devotional daily. Um, as the kids have gotten easier, I've joined a great Bible study. Um, my husband and I started doing a life group, but we, we didn't do that for years. You know, our life was busy, so you don't want to go crazy. But just you know, my husband likes to feed himself on podcasts or listen in the car to, you know, some sermons. You know, you just want your, and, and I always listen to Christian music. So just filling your mind with that when there's so much distraction and other stuff, there's always ways, even if it can't be what looks like for everybody else. So I sit down each morning and I, you know, get my prayer journal. I can't always do that. Like your mom is so good at that. Mm. And it's just, I love that she is. And many days I'm so good at that, but nothing like your mom. And then um, a prayer journal. Now, I didn't keep that till later in life. And that was one of the greatest things. It was so simple. I didn't make it hard. I didn't make it fancy. Just had a spiral notebook and just wrote them down. And then I took a tip from your mom, dividing it out by categories. And that was very mm -hmm. helpful, meaning friends, family, you know, uh, health issues, cancer. You know, I loved how she did that. And I've just implemented that recently and love it. Um, you don't have to make anything like so hard and fast. You can continue to veer and change so I hope that answers. <laughs> yes. And because I, I think at least whenever I, you know, try to figure out um, different ways to implement God in my life and, you know, I go on YouTube to try to find different tips or whatever. I 
look at things up on Google. They always put a lot of stress on reading the Bible, which is so important. But I love so much how you you stress a lot of being in conversation and in God's presence because I, I do think that's so important. And I think prayer is oftentimes even more neglected than reading the Bible. And as far as um you know different young adults go, I think I I read the Bible almost every day but I try to pray, pray every day but I find that the one thing that slips the quickest is oh I really haven't talked to God in you know two days just an honest conversation so I love mm-hmm. how you show that in the busyness of life talking to God is is such a priority because being able to have that mm-hmm. conversation you're in his presence and that will give you strength so thank you for sharing that's a yeah. conviction for me as well I love that um yeah. But it's awesome that you read God's word because his word is alive and active. And Mm -hmm. I know I need to read it every day, too. And so I do in some form. I would also love to hear some of your advice on uh, if any, you know, young girls out there, they can't really figure out what their purpose is. um, What would you say is is the best way to kind of understand God's purpose for them and why he created them? Well, you know, this is something I've gone through before. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I kind of search myself and I would recommend that they, you know, search themselves and write down all their gifts and what brings them joy and what, and a lot of times the way God, the, the purposes or, you know, the, um, the purpose God has for us, it doesn't even feel like work. It, it brings us joy. And so pausing and just going, even if you don't think it's a gift or whatever, just write it down. Or even if you think it's not a way to serve, just write it down. Just try to think, okay, what are my gifts? you know, oh, talking to people or um, doing math or writing or, you know, write them all down. And then um, what brings me joy? What do I find that I'm filled from? So for me, being around friends, being around people, um, you know, my husband, nope, he's an introvert. So that doesn't bring him joy, you know. So write down what brings you joy and then take it to God Mm -hmm. and just pray over Mm -hmm. it. And you may have an idea. So I'll give you an example. I um, was praying to God that I wanted to mentor teenage girls. I love teenage girls. I love dating. I wanted to help them in dating because it was just something I was passionate about. I'd learned a lot, dated a lot over the years. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, it was interesting because God did bring me some girls, which I was so thankful for. But before that, at that time when I was praying that, God actually brought me um, some ladies who were struggling in their marriage. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't prayed about that. Um, but you know, that's what I mean about being really open. Um, we put ourselves out there, we let God tell us, but we're looking and we're being aware and we're not just holding fast to certain things. So when you're trying to find your purpose, I just say, just be really, really know your strengths, really know your weaknesses, know what brings you joy and put them out there for God. And then just try to be, you know, so open about it. Uh, That's great. And I love the fact of asking God to match a purpose with your joy, because, you know, when it comes, obviously purpose and vocation is a little different, but as they say, if you enjoy your job, you'll never work a day in your life. And I think, you know, that's kind of similar mm-hmm. matching your talents, but I think that's wonderful. And also too, how God, you know, you prayed for young women, but he gave you married women. So the same uh, type of category, just different <laughs> ages. And I, I love that. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Well, yeah. thank you. And oh. And I guess, yeah, and I guess to kind of wrap up the the episode, do you have any Bible verses or book recommendations that you want to share with the listeners? Yes. Um, I would say for my Bible verses, this one is pretty, you know, I think most people know this one, but I just think it summarizes so much how I feel. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Mm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. 
And I just love that because I just feel like God has, you know, done that so much in my life that if I just lean on him, if I just trust in him, if I just ask him, he will make a path straight for me. And it's always better and than what I could ever have imagined. And people ask me, how do you know when God answers a prayer? And I say, because it's above and beyond what I could have ever dreamed or imagined. Um, I wanted to pick my daily devotion book. And this one is really simple. It's called Strength for Today by John MacArthur. And it's really short daily devotion. It's one page. It has, always has Bible verses in it. Always has things for you to look up at the end. Um, but it's short. And I love that he puts a lot of real life little stories in it. And like I say, it's short. You could do it in five minutes or you could take longer and you could pray, you know, you can make it as short or as long as you wanted. Um, also Rick Warren's daily hope that comes by email. And that's also just, that's just another great one. He is such a, a wise man. Many people know of him. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. I'll link the the book as well as the place you could sign up for the daily hope emails in our show notes, because I think the little quick snippets of God in the day really add up every single day. And I just want to thank you, Isabel, for all you're doing and just the way you make time and want to help. You know, you're the most selfless person I know. And I'm just honored to have been part of your life growing up and just to see what you've become. Yep. You're, you're an inspiration to even us adults. Thank you so much. And I look up to you and my mom and all the strong Christian um, adults out there that have helped me since the age of, you know, seven years old. So thank you so much. And I have loved having you on this podcast today. I'm going to listen to it back several times because it's advice that I, I love so much. And for, for the listeners out there, uh, Miss Eileen has been my one of my biggest mentors throughout my life, and I hope that her advice really helped you. Uh, I'm very excited that she was able to, to come on the show. And Miss Eileen, thank you so much for your time and all of your wisdom. Thank you, Isabel. Thank it was a pleasure, so as I said. Yeah, so thank you and have a wonderful day. You too. Right. Bye-bye. Bye, Isabel. Bye.